Welcome to the Rosemont Baptist Church podcast. Rosemont is a thriving group of believers who desire to connect with Jesus and his church, grow in faith and understanding of God's word, and serve in our local area and around the world. We are located in LaGrange, Georgia at 3794 Hamilton Road and invite you to attend any of our three services on Sunday mornings. Please visit our website at rosemontchurch.org for more information. And now we pray that God speaks to you in a personal way as you listen to this week's message from Pastor Adam Camp. Let me pray for us before we begin this morning. Father, we are, we are thankful that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And even in these uncertain times, Lord, you sit on your throne. And we trust in that, Lord, and we hope in that. And that brings us great peace. Lord, I'm, I'm thankful that we live in an era of technology as well, Father, a time that we can still come together all over this region, Father, and worship you and be connected through our hearts, Lord, in a time of praise and a time of worship and study. Lord, we're thankful for that opportunity this morning. Father, I pray for all these precious people, wherever they are, Lord, in their homes, living rooms, Father, I pray you would just reach down, Lord, and just let them in a very real way sense your presence, sense your power. Father, I pray that a peace that passes all understanding will wash over them and guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Father, use this time, just a a little slice of their week, Lord, to comfort them, to challenge them, to encourage them, for them to learn and to love and to grow. Father, we love you and we serve you. And as we pray every Sunday morning through the power of the Holy Spirit, May we be transformed more and more into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. I'd like to invite you to take your Bibles and open to Psalm chapter 23. Psalm chapter 23. Welcome again to everyone watching at home. Uh, We estimate with our families and with children involved and all the different people watching, there's well over a thousand people right now watching us at home. So you're not alone. Uh, All over this area, there are people that are listening and and tuning in. We're so excited for that. I want to encourage you again, if you have not already done this, to take your phone and take a picture of your family, and you can uh, either put it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter with the hashtag Rosemont Family. We'd love to know that you're there. We'd love to know that you're part of what we're doing. And I I just want to kind of update you on where we are. I'm I'm getting a lot of reverb up here on me. If y'all can back that down just a little bit. If you can back my sound down just a little bit, I'm really loud up here what I'm hearing. Uh, I just want to remind you guys kind of where we are and, and what we're doing over the next many weeks. And, and we've created something to kind of help you stay informed and to be aware of everything going on uh, on our website. And if we, guys, if we can pull up a picture of the, uh, the homepage of our website, this dashboard that we've created. Uh, I'm not going to read it to you, but this is the place you can go to get all the information you need about our church. Right? I just want to remind you that all of our activities for the next many weeks have been canceled. Uh, we're offering online morning live stream through Facebook or YouTube. You guys are already watching that. There's a tab there for you to donate. There's a weekly Bible study material. We're very excited about this. Our team has worked very hard over the last many days uh, to create this. So when you click on that link, it's going to take you to this, another page where you can click on family devotions. You can click on a section for adults. Uh, you can spend some time with your children doing that. There's a section for students. There's a st- section for children. And those will come up live 6 p.m. on Wednesday for the students and the children. The adult stuff and the family stuff is live now. But for your kids at home, Wednesday night for OTK, they can click on it at 6 p.m. and look at that. 
Students at 6 p.m., you can click on, and John's going to have a message for you as well. There's a worship song list, YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify. We'd love for you to, uh, to be able to follow along during the week. Uh, there's a special message from our team that kind of outlines what I'm talking about now. And then if you would, if you haven't already done this, there's a tab at the very bottom or a, a little link at the very bottom that says, please update your contact information by clicking here. It's very important at this time, especially that we stay informed and connected with everybody. And so if you don't mind taking a few minutes uh, now or at some point later this morning, clicking on that tab, updating your family's information. It's, it should take you all about 30 seconds. Just wants a little bit of information, just so we'll know that you're out there, your phone number, and we can get in touch with you if we need to and kind of update you on everything that's going on. We want you to stay connected, all right? Okay, we're living in, in crazy times. It seems like things are changing very quickly. It seems like every time we turn around, there's, there's new information and new things upcoming. And so I thought in light of everything we're going through, in light of what our world is going through, in light of all the things we're struggling with, I thought it'd be good for us to set Hebrews aside just for a little while. And I love the study, and I'm going to come back to it at some point in the very near future. But I just, as I prayed and talked to our team this week and really thought through what to preach over the next few weeks, I just felt like Psalm 23 would be a good place to go. Psalm 23 is probably the best-known psalm in the entire Bible. It's probably the best-known chapter in all the Bible. Many people have learned it over the years. You've studied it. You've seen it. And it's probably, at times in your life, brought you great comfort, brought you great joy, peace, and hope. And so we're going to spend some time this morning over the next few weeks just walking through verse by verse Psalm 23 to remind you of exactly who the Lord is and remind you even in very difficult moments, he's there walking beside us because we need to be reminded of his power, of his goodness, of his majesty. Now, an interesting note, I want you to kind of see this, and if you're at home looking in your Bibles, you'll, you'll see this, and you can go back and read it later. I thought this was fascinating. I'd never actually seen this until I started studying this week, but just an interesting note, Psalm 22 is the passage of Scripture that Jesus quotes from the cross. You may remember that. Psalm chapter 22, verse 1, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, right? That's the passage that Jesus quotes from the cross. Psalm 23 is a reminder of God's goodness and his power and his mercy. And then Psalm 24 is about the triumphal return of Christ as king. So Psalm 24, 7 says, lift up your heads, O gates, be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king? of glory, the Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Psalm 22, Christ as our sacrifice. Psalm 23, Christ is our shepherd. Psalm 24, Christ is our returning king. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That's a cool thing to be reminded that God had a plan from the beginning, right? These didn't, didn't accidentally appear in this order. We see all through the Old Testament a picture of Messiah and his return for us. And God just kind of gave us this gift right here in these three Psalms to remind us of exactly who Christ is, exactly what he has accomplished, and what he will accomplish in the future. And I hope that brings you peace and hope this morning. Now, I'm going to challenge you with something. We want to stay connected during this time, right? Right? And we want to kind of do some things together. And there's some very neat things we've got coming up that I'm going to be talking about over the next several weeks. But one thing I want you to do, and I want to challenge you to do over the next many weeks, you may remember over Christmas, we memorized John chapter 1. 
And then we stood together at our Christmas Eve service and we recited John chapter one together as a family. And so I'm gonna challenge you over these next several weeks. I want you to memorize Psalm 23, the whole chapter. It's just six verses. You probably already have a pretty good mindset or idea. You've probably already worked on that before. You've probably already heard it. Maybe some of you have memorized it. But here's the challenge for you. I want you to memorize Psalm 23, and we'll do it in the ESV just like we did John chapter 1. And then when we come back together as a family, whenever that is, hopefully sooner rather than later, but when this worship center is is filled again with people, we're going to recite Psalm 23 together, and we're going to remember the goodness of the Lord, and we're going to be thankful again that we're able to gather and we're able to celebrate his word as one family. Now, I want you to do something. I'm going to read this entire psalm this morning, and then we're really going to focus on verse 1. I'm going to spend some real time in verse 1, but just so we can stay connected this morning, I know we're in a lot of different places in a lot of different homes. But I want you, as we read it this morning, I want you to recite it out loud. So moms and dads right there with your children, uh, whoever's there with you, grandchildren, whoever may be in the room, we're going to read this thing out loud together. So your entire room, your entire family, read it out loud together. And so uh, across this region, uh, many, many hundreds of people at the same time will virtually, (laughs) and I guess literally, be reading this psalm together, and it'll connect us, at least in spirit. So Psalm 23, beginning at verse 1, let's read this aloud. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I pray you can memorize those scriptures. I pray you can talk with your children about them. I pray they bring you great comfort. And so I really want to kind of focus this morning and delve in and spend a lot of time in that first verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, if you're at home taking notes, you understand that I give you points as we go. I like to kind of teach that way. I like to draw out the truth from the scripture and give you kind of point one, two, three, and following. And my points this morning are going to be drawn directly from this passage of scripture. So so the first thing I want to look at, the first thing I want to think about this morning is the Lord, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Let's talk about the Lord. We live in a society today that's self-absorbed, right? And yeah, I'm probably talking to you. If that offended you, I'm probably talking to you, right? I'm talking to myself as well. Because we live in a society where we think about ourselves first. We think about what we want to think about. We make the decisions that we want to make. We, we do the things that we want to do, and we don't necessarily like it when there are other people in our lives that try to tell us what to do. And yet Psalm 23, the first two words of that verse kind of turn everything on its head. It begins with the Lord, right? Here's the idea. It's not about me. It's about him. It's not about what I want or what I desire. It's not about my thoughts. 
even my hopes and my dreams. It's about trusting the Lord and following him. And so I thought, you know, let's think about if this is about the Lord, which it is, and we're going to see in a few minutes that he's our shepherd, he's our guide. If it's about the Lord, then let's think about some of the characteristics of God. And so I thought it'd be cool right in your home with your kids, especially if now you can kind of pretend like I can hear you. I can't really, but you can pretend like I can hear you and you can call out with your kids some of the characteristics, some of the attributes of God. So just a couple examples. He is good. He is loving. What else? Some of the kids call it out, right? Don't, don't let your moms and dads do it before you do. You beat them to the punch, right? He's good. He's loving. He's compassionate. What else? What are some other words we can use to explain who God is? He's all-knowing, isn't he? What else? He's all-sufficient. He's all-powerful. What, what are some other words? He's a healer. He's a helper. He, he has unlimited love. He's a provider. He's a comforter. He, he's the author of our salvation. And maybe it'd be a good thing with your kids after this service to sit down and just write some of those things down. So this week, if something pops up online, which it will, or something comes up on your Facebook feed, which it will, that scares you or discourages you, it'd be a good thing to get that list back out and go over those words and think through how the Lord is the comforter and all powerful and the healer and the helper and the author of our salvation. We need to be reminded sometimes of the goodness of the Lord. You know, the Bible speaks about the character of God throughout. In fact, if you've ever kind of done a study of the attributes of God, there, there are lots of them. I'm going to read just a few verses to you, and you, you can jot these down and look them up later. Job chapter 11, beginning of verse 7, can you find out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limit of the Almighty? It's higher than heaven. What can you do deeper than Sheol? What can you know? Its measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If he passes through the imprisons and summons the court, who can turn him back? Right, The power of the Lord there. Psalm chapter 24, verse 8. Who is this king of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle? Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. Luke chapter 1, verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. Revelation 1, 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and was and is to come, the Almighty. Right On and on and on the scriptures go with demonstrations of the power of the Lord. We see the glory of the Lord throughout the Old Testament. We see the power of the Lord manifest through Jesus. He is Lord. He is the King of kings in control of all things. Aren't you glad that he's still in control of the universe? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad he still commands nature? Aren't you glad he still has control over all the things that we deal with? It's, it's, a, it's a weight off for me to be reminded sometimes that I'm not actually in control. God is. When I was in college, I was very involved in the, uh, the BSU. That was a Baptist student union. It's called the BCM now. It's different. And I'll never forget, we had this big uh, festival on campus. I was at Columbus State. 
We had this big festival on campus and we had this big fair that had come in. The, the, the whole school had put it on, but they wanted different organizations to have different booths set up. And so the BSU set a booth up and I was very involved. And so we were going to set up some uh, popcorn and some cotton candy and a lot of kids from the community would be coming. Just a fun kind of evening for our community. And as I was kind of walking across campus, across the area where all these kitty rides, right? They brought in this one of these traveling carnivals. Uh, they brought in this thing where they set up the roller coaster and all the different tourney things. And some guy, and, and, and by the way, if you work for a traveling carnival agency, uh, my apologies in advance, but this dude looked shady to me. I mean, he looked a little shady to me, right? And, and kind of rough around the edges. And he, he pulled me aside and I felt like I was in a, a drug deal. I wasn't, by the way, but I felt like I was because he kind of, he looked around and he said, hey, you want to operate some kitty rides? And I, you know, I kind of looked around like, you know, I don't, who are you again? And, and no, I don't know anything about kitty rides. And I'm, I don't know how those things work. I don't know what the controls do. I don't know how to safely buckle these kids. I have no idea how to operate a kitty ride. And I, I just kind of turned them down. And as, as I walked away, I thought, man, that would have been a disaster. I'm completely unprepared. I would have been incompetent in that moment. Can you imagine? I'm looking at it now as a parent, some kid in college that has no idea what he's doing, buckling my child into the roller coaster and hitting the green button to go, right? That scares me to death. Now, I would have had no control over that situation, right? And I think about that, and I think about sometimes how we live our lives now, right? Because if we're not careful, we think that we have control over things we don't have control of. In fact, if we were honest, we're sometimes incompetent in the things we're trying to do, right? Here, here's the good news. God is still in control. Here's the problem. Too many of us think we're in control. We, we just haven't realized that we don't fully understand what God's calling us to do. And so we walk through our lives trying to control everything, try, trying to fix everything, trying to run everything, not really understanding how it ought to be run, not really understanding how we ought to live, trying to make it up as we go. All the time, God's got this plan for us that we miss. You know, this virus has been a really scary thing for our world and, and, and for this community and this church. But I think one thing it's done, at least for me, it's reminded all of us that we don't have as much control as we thought we did. Right? We don't have as much control as we thought we did. So here's the question. The Lord is my shepherd. Who's directing your life? Is it the God of this world, the God of fear or anxiety or worry? Is it the God of uncertainty? Is it the God of lust? Is it the God of power? Is it the God of greed? Are those things in control of your life? Or have you allowed the true and living God to control all things? The Lord is my shepherd. Not Adam, not you, not anybody else. Who is in control of your life? Now, here's the second thing I want you to see. Look at that verse again. Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd. That's the second thing I want you to look at, this idea of shepherd. Now, we don't know a lot about sheep, right? And so I'm going to read for you from someone that does, kind of an expert on sheep. I want you to just listen to this quote. A sheep must live entirely by its shepherd's help, protection, and care. As soon as it loses him... It's surrounded by all kinds of dangers and must perish, for it's quite unable to help itself. It's a poor, weak, simple little beast <laughs> that can neither feed nor rule itself. 
nor find the right way, nor protect itself against any kind of danger or misfortune. Moreover, it's by nature timid and shy and likely to go astray. When it does go a bit astray and leaves its shepherd, it's unable to find its way back to him. Indeed, it merely runs farther away from him. Though it may find other shepherds and sheep, that does not help it. For it does not know the voices of strange shepherds. Therefore, it flees them and strays about until the wolf seizes it or perishes some other way. Isn't it interesting that the Lord throughout Scripture refers to us as his sheep? People that go astray, people that wander, people that need protection, people that need the shepherd to watch over them. Because the shepherd in scripture and in life goes before the sheep and makes sure that that sheep doesn't wander into danger, right? The good shepherd will literally give up his or her life for the sheep. So the sheep will live and the shepherd, if necessary, will die. So here's how this ties into this verse. Here's how one scholar explained it. The opening verse of this psalm is a profound commitment to the Lord, watch, as the source of security in the midst of many dangers where no other help is available. Now, it's interesting to me because David was a shepherd. You may remember the story of David when he was a young boy, and he understood the importance of the shepherd. He understood the danger to the sheep. He understands that the sheep relies 100% on the shepherd for its survival. And this is the idea we see throughout Scripture. The Bible mentions hundreds of verses on sheep and shepherds and flocks and how the Lord is our guide. And so just a couple of examples, Psalm 78, verse 52, when the Lord led the people out of Egypt, the Bible says, then he led his people out like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock, right? There's the shepherd and the sheep idea. Psalm 79, 13, but we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will give you thanks forever. From generation to generation, we will recount your praise. Isaiah 40, verse 11, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are young. But watch this. This is where it gets interesting, right? Because it's not just the Old Testament that gives us examples of the sheep, It's the New Testament that gives us examples as well. And there's some prophecies that look ahead to Jesus as the good shepherd. So Micah chapter 5, beginning in verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you, right? This is a prophecy of Christ. Shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient of days. Therefore, he, this is looking ahead to Jesus, shall give them up. Up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth, then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. Watch, and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. Now, the New Testament carries that theme on, that connection. In fact, Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant. Right There's this idea that the Lord is our shepherd, and we can very simply, and I think correctly, plug in the name Jesus there. So we could say, Jesus is my shepherd. Jesus is my guide. 
Jesus protects me. Jesus gives me the things that I need. Jesus leads me beside still waters. He quiets my soul. But I want to make this connection for you, right? I always like to try to make this personal for you and help you understand why this matters to you. Look at the, the fourth word of verse one. The Lord is, if you're at home, say it out loud, my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Now watch this. He's not a distant God that doesn't care. He's not an unloving God that doesn't concern himself with our lives. He's not a God that sits up on his throne and just looks upon us and laughs at our plight and our struggles. He's a God that cares. He's a God that loves us. The idea of the shepherd literally willing to give his life for his sheep. He walks ahead of us and he guides us. He, he's my shepherd. He knows me personally, right? That's important for us to get. I think a lot of times we see God as, as this big God of the universe and he's up on his throne and he's, he's a million miles away and he's kind of separated from who we are. But remember, John chapter one, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, right? Jesus came down to this earth he didn't stay in heaven in all the glory and the beauty and the majesty of heaven. He stayed, he came down to earth, and he literally walked among us, and he literally gave his life. The Lord is my shepherd. That's an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. Now, let me just say this right where you're sitting. I'm sure there are people that have tuned in this morning that are not a part of our church, and we're glad you're here. Welcome. But if you're sitting there this morning in the comfort of your home and you're hearing this idea of the Lord being my shepherd and my guide in this personal, intimate relationship with Christ, and you've never done that, I'd love to explain to you just very quickly this idea of salvation, right? The Bible teaches us that because of our sins and our shortcomings, we have separated ourselves from the Lord. That's what the Bible teaches and the Bible helps us understand that it's only through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that that bond can be corrected. And as we understand this truth and, and we turn and repent from our sins and we give our hearts and our lives to Christ in salvation, he fixes that relationship with the Lord and we begin to enter into this personal, holy, beautiful, intimate relationship with Christ. That's who we are. David understood this in Psalm 23. Man, if you've never done a study of the life of David, you ought to do it because this was a guy that did incredible things. He lived for the Lord. David and Goliath we know about. He was the greatest king in the history of Israel. And yet we know about his shortcomings, his death, his sin with Bathsheba, the, the death of his firstborn and, and how he responded. David had experienced that closeness with the Lord. He'd walked through terrible trials and, and tragedies and, and difficulties, and he understood exactly what it meant to walk with the Lord hand in hand. One writer explained it like this. Overwhelmingly, the idea behind God's role as a shepherd is a loving, caring, and concerning one. David found comfort and security in the thought that God cared for him like a shepherd cares for his sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, you're sitting at home right now with your families, and I want you to just to look around just for a minute because this is just interesting to me. As we think about the intimacy we have with the Lord and that personal relationship, so many of you right now at home are sitting with the most important people in your life. You're in a room right now with your spouse, 
with your children, maybe your grandchildren, maybe you've got some extended family. I know there's some watch parties going on with a few people that are uh, kind of gathered together and watching, but, but whoever's in the room with you, more than likely, those are the most important people in the world. Aren't you thankful, first of all, that God has given you this group of people? Aren't you thankful that the Lord has given you this time to share with them? Aren't you thankful for the opportunity, even during these really trying times, to, to worship with those people? God has given us this great opportunity, even in the midst of, of this really scary moment in, in the, the kind of the history of our country and, and in our community. Even in this difficult time, God has given us this gift. Right? You need to understand this is a gift, what you're experiencing now, sitting in your home, in the intimacy of your own family, surrounded by the people you love the most. It ought to remind us of the goodness of God. And we, we think about this as being kind of a difficult time and we're separated and, and, and I get that and I agree with that and I'm on board. It is a difficult time. But, but think about the gift God has given you in the time you've been able to share with your family these last several days. Don't, don't miss that gift. And don't, don't miss that opportunity to share with your family. Man, reconnect with your children maybe. And grow your, 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 your relationship with your spouse Learn a game, right? Do some fun stuff in your backyard. They're all kind of opportunities for you to, to grow together. It just reminds me, even in the midst of this great difficulty and tragedy and the fear that our nation is walking through right now, God has given you this gift of incredible amounts of time with the people that you love the most. That's a gift, right? He's our rock. He's our foundation. He's our good shepherd. He's my shepherd. Now, the final thing I want you to see this morning Psalm chapter 23, verse 1. The Lord, we've talked about his glory and his power and his majesty, is my shepherd, the intimacy, the closeness, the personal walk with Christ as our Lord and Savior. The last thing I want you to see this morning, number three, I shall not want. I shall not want. Now, I've been reading a lot this week. I've kind of crammed with Psalm 23. I usually try to start weeks out when I'm going to preach a series and begin to read some books and understand it. So I've been cramming a little bit this week and reading as much as I can. And I found the book called The Good Shepherd, A Thousand-Year Journey from Psalm 23 to the New Testament. It's a fascinating book. But this guy grew up in the Middle East. He worked with shepherds his entire life and has this real understanding of sheep and shepherds. I want you to listen to what he says about this verse. He says, the open pasture land of Samaria and Judea, which is where this would have been written, where David would have been, stretches from the eastern part of Samaria down to the Negev, south of Beersheba, before modern times and cell phones. The moment the lone traveler and the shepherd left the shelter and protection of the villages along the north-south rim, they were on their own. Having tramped across those open hills for years, having taken extended trips by camel deep into the Sahara Desert, this is the writer saying this, I am aware of the special experience of surrendering to the mercies of the wilderness of the desert. The Lord is my shepherd, among other things, means I have no police protection. In those open, trackless spaces, the traveler and his companions are alone. Thieves, wild animals, snakes, sudden blinding dust storms, water shortages, loose rocks, and furnace-like heat are all potential threats to any traveler. The opening verse of this psalm, watch, is a profound commitment to the Lord as the source of security 
in the midst of many dangers where no other help is available. Hmm. You know, I got a feeling if you're like me, you've experienced just a little bit of this over the last week or two. And it almost feels like at times we're, we're walking through a strange land, right? If you, if you walked into the grocery store this week and a lot of the shelves are empty, that's an eerie feeling. It, it's kind of eerie when you walk into one store and you realize they're out of what you want and you go to another store and they're still out and the third store's out and it doesn't take long to realize that the thing you really want, none of the stores have, Right? And there are these shortages, right? And I know there's not really a shortage, but people are buying so much stuff, it's not on the shelf. It's an interesting kind of thing we're walking through. And, and when that's taken away from us, right? When, when those uh, creature comforts or that security is taken away from us, even a little bit, even on a small scale, it can be unnerving, right? And you walk around almost like you're in a daze, like, you know, what's, what's really going on? We need to be reminded in these moments. And this is why I want to memorize this passage of Scripture over the next many weeks to keep coming back to it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right, here's what you need to understand. The Lord's going to provide. We see that all through Scripture. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Matthew chapter 6, beginning verse 31. Therefore, don't be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. Psalm 81.10, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth and I will fill it. Psalm 23.1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's the idea of finding contentment even when we don't have the things we want, even when the world seems a little strange, even when we are afraid or alone. One writer said it like this, it's the idea of being utterly content in the good shepherd's care and consequently not craving or desiring anything more. It's realizing that everything you need can be found in Christ. And so we need to be reminded in these weeks ahead. We need to remember these verses. We need to be told time and time again that through the Lord we can find joy and we can find contentment and we can find hope even in these difficult moments. Can you say in your life right now that the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want? If not, I want to encourage you just to trust the Lord, to open your heart to him, to turn from your sins and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, our invitation is going to be a little bit different. I'm, I'm going to invite our team to, to make their way up if they would. Our invitation is a little bit different because you, you can't come to the altar this morning physically at Rosemont. But we're going to give you the chance. We're going to do a whole song like we normally do. And I'm going to encourage you in your home, moms and dads, kids, grandparents, have a time of prayer together. Somebody can lead that out. How incredible would it be if every family watching right now had a moment of prayer right there in their living Dad, you lead that. Dad, you step up. Even if you've never done it before, man, you step up and you lead your family. Mom, you lead your family. Kids, you pray. Let's, let's just have a time of invitation right in your own home. This is going to be your opportunity right now to respond to the Lord.